Greetings and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast on the cusp of being glued to their PS5s for the foreseeable future. I'm your host and the man who wishes to be the dominant of the Tonberry icon, David Lloyd. In this episode, we are excited to talk about the recently released demo of Final Fantasy XVI. The PlayStation 5 exclusive is only a week away as of this recording. And this is shaping up to be one of the longest weeks of my life uh, now that i played the demo. Uh, the hype is real and uh, my patience is thin, so uh, I'm hoping for a quick quick week to come by. And uh, joining me for this episode, not only counting down the days to play the full version of Final Fantasy XVI, but also to marvel at her Phoenix versus Efreet statue, it's Paige Chamberlain. I don't know if I want that statue anymore. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm like after playing the demo. That's kind of a mean thing to have as the statue. I was gonna say it has a whole different meaning now that we've uh, actually played the demo. It's uh, it, it's it's has more emotional attachment to it. Uh, good, good, uh, good or bad, I guess. I yeah. also haven't told someone that that's the version I've pre-ordered. So, I don't know oh, his reaction's gonna. Be. Well, I hope he doesn't listen to our episodes. Or at least just don't 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 let them know that it's uh, posted until after the uh, the package arrives. Again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also joining us to discuss the newest mainline Final Fantasy game is GR- JRP JRPG historian <laughs> and author of a very relevant book to our topic: Fight Magic Items. It's Aiden Moher. Hello, thanks for having me back again. I am very excited to talk about this uh, this demo in this game. Yeah, I think it's it's perfect. We have uh, Aiden and I are kind of like older older uh, NES uh, grew you know grew up with the originals uh, through all the end, and then Paige uh, represents uh, the youth portion of it with the <laughs> the her first mainline Final Fantasy was fourteen, uh, so she got kind of got all of all of Final Fantasy all in one shot in the uh, <laughs> in the package that is fourteen. Um, so it was uh, funny before we were well, recording. We were just talking about how uh, the dragoon in the demo, um, who it represents, and we got two two totally different answers uh, initially. So it was fun. It's going to be a fun episode, I think. Um, oh, yeah, they're they're really trying to push because um, Yoshi P is the director, uh, producer, right? And yep. they're re- even so, which means he's technically not as involved in the project as like maybe some of the other people working on it. But like he's the front line in all the interviews and stuff, um, because obviously he's got his popularity from fourteen. So it's very. I love people making jokes about the pre-orders not being as good as they're expecting because at the moment it's PS Five exclusive, and it's like yeah, yeah, because all the people that play fourteen are on computer. Oh, PC, yeah, <laughs> yeah, most of them. Well, there's at this point there's so many 14 players that they pretty much only need like uh, I don't know a quarter of the uh, Final Fantasy 14 subscribers to buy this game for it to be a smashing success. Like, yeah, um, though there's a joke that like all the money from Final Fantasy 14 keeps funding these other games, and they're like, can't it just fund 14? Yeah, I feel though like you know they've made the complete opposite game of Final Fantasy 14. So like, trying to appeal to that audience with Yoshi P is great, but like. I don't know. It's like there's a lot of buttons to click and and, and uh, icons to to press on in 14 and and 16. Obviously, takes a totally different direction. So I'll be really interested to see if there is a big crossover audience with something like 14 uh, or like you know fans of the older games. Yeah, they might have well, to. <laughs> if if things are dire, they could always uh, offer uh, Final Fantasy 16, um, where you get like 20 hours free up to like the second chapter and. <laughs> Uh, download your free copy. Uh. Um, well, you know, if we listen to Twitter, then are they going to have to update with the turn-based mode? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been how long, and people still expect the next Final Fantasy to be <laughs> turn-based. Well, I I had a good laugh to myself because I remember when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. And everyone was screaming to high heavens that it was uh, blasphemous, that it wasn't uh, like a full turn-based, like traditional RPG. And now, uh, and now, like the turn-based RPG uh, proponents are are using Final Fantasy VII Remake as they're like, well, it should be like this. And it's like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not to go too off topic, but I am interested in Ever Crisis, which got delayed because to me, that's sort of like the alternate remake where it's you know they're using the um the the the, what's the first seven remake called (laughs) is it rebirth or is that the new one (laughs) uh rebirth is the new one like yeah 
Well, they're yeah. using like those graphics for the battle, so then it's like the original game where like the in battle graphics are better, but the <laughs> then it's got the mobile look for the walking around. Um, but I know that got delayed a heap, but I've heard that it's actually no longer episodic like it was planned to be, so you're going to get like the full of the base story and a couple of the other games um, straight up. I hadn't oh. heard that because the episodic no, thing was turning me off. Um, yeah. big time. It's still I mean, be it, being on, it being on mobile is turning me off, but yeah. um, but I'm glad to hear that you're going to get the whole shebang. I'm really curious to see how that is because I think that's what I wanted before yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Like, I just wanted something that was like, you know, more accessible, uh, you know, modern quality of life stuff, like update the sort of like chibi graphics um, uh to be you know like more modern but retain yeah. that feel like in the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff yeah because so. it's like final fantasy remake is sort of this alternate thing and then ever crisis seems to be what like a more straight remake would be except with some gutch elements and short hair sephiroth if you want <laughs> some customization well if we're talking blasphemous uh short-haired sephiroth is as blasphemous as i can think for final fantasy 7 <laughs> You can't take those locks away from him. It's the source of his power. <laughs> Makes me wonder how drastically re- you know, like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is going to take that remake series off the the track laid by the original game. Like, I feel like, why would you re- remake a classic game twice in, in two different styles? Um, yeah. I have like a, a, you know, again, not to get us too far off topic, but I, you know, I have a pet theory that um, the remake trilogy with remake and rebirth and, and whatever the third one's going to be called is going to end at the city of the ancients, uh, where there's that big scene that everybody knows from final fantasy seven. I feel like that's what they're leading to. And that's going to be like the pivot point where everything sort of changes. Um, I don't think they're going to try to remake the entire back half of final fantasy seven, um, in the same style. I think we're going to see a major sort of shift in where the story goes after this. And then they can be like, Oh, but you know, if you're mad about that, here's ever crisis. It's like a comprehensive yeah. modern remake in the style you're looking for. It has the same story. It's like exactly what you need. Go play that. <laughs> yeah. And then some people got confused by why crisis core was like the same and nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing connected to the remakes. There's only so many devs at square. They have to pick and choose. Uh, well, the only the amount of games they released yeah. last year. <laughs> no, that's true. The uh, the only thing I want to make sure is is that um, that the Sid in in remake uh, will look like he's sixty, but will still be numbered as a thirty five year old man. As a thirty nine year old man, I play some of these old JRPGs, and I just I feel old. I feel <laughs> used up. I feel like I should be far wiser. Um, you know, like uh, Saiten and Xenogears and, and Oron and uh, in Final Fantasy X. And I'm like older than them now somehow, uh, mm-hmm. but, but far less developed. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like, well, you know, Sid, Sid's lived a few lives, but uh, yeah. I feel like I'm in, in a better place than, than Sid Highwind, at least. <laughs> uh, there's some games where, like, um, well, there was one game, I didn't really play it, but like, they one of the romancing saga games came out in English for the first time. And there was a character that was my age at the time. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 a character in their twenties <laughs> in one of these games. <laughs> it's like every, you know, there's so many where they're teenagers or maybe yeah. like forties or something. Like that's not really like the yeah, beginning. The grizzled, the grizzled 20 year old veteran. <laughs> Seen too much in their life. I feel like, you know, like, developers or the people creating these games they'd like google they'd be like okay how like what was the average life expectancy in the middle ages and mm. you know average life expectancy yeah. would be 38 <laughs> my, or whatever they'd be like favorite. oh okay so my old characters have to be 32 they're almost dead yeah. like without recognizing that like average life expectancy is affected by like infant mortality and, and uh childhood mortality rates significantly like it's like you know that kind of like that one-on-one lesson about uh life expectancy so they like you know they just did a quick google and they're like okay so people who die by the age of 38 i should make you know my wizened old man 32 and there we go yeah. um my favorite is uh like anime and games and you look up the stats for their measurements and their weight and you're like this does not this does not add up <laughs> you just made <laughs> it up oh there was one character in front of them engaged and she was like wrinkled and gray hair and i think she was only like 30 ish less than
Well, we, we could talk about uh, the life expectancy of uh, JRPG characters all day long, but it's probably a good time to pop into the uh, topic of the night, and uh, which is the Final Fantasy 16 demo. So uh, we'll start off with our initial impressions. Uh, I would say initially we were all surprised that this came out two weeks before the uh, the release of the game. I, I, I think a lot of people. Sooner. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. I was expecting a little bit closer, but uh, um, why don't you kick us off a page with uh, what you thought of uh, your experience with the demo? Uh, don't play this game in front of your kids. Yes. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, I can also, uh, as a father of a 12 and 10 year old. Um, I think we already knew from the yes. other trailers that there was going to be blood and some other things. I'm glad I was uh, wearing my headset when I played because... Uh, <laughs> The I had just turned it on and uh, my kids were behind me and Benedicta was uh, chasing down uh, <laughs> the Titan man and the uh, there was a couple words that she said that I don't I don't think my wife would have been uh, too happy with the kids here. Um, my oh, can keep losing my track of that, <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we knew that sort of approach was going to be an and yet my husband had beaten a the demo before me and he was saying like oh there's a bunch of swearing but it's not as like out of place as it felt in like the Castlevania Netflix series like it just felt like they were swearing when it was made sense to and then yeah like you know I played it and there's a bit where one guy's just repeatedly like (laughs) before he gets like (laughs) badly hurt you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, like I to me because I mean I swear a lot but um yeah it didn't stick out to me really because it was just yeah appropriate I was still waiting um, for a bollocks. Most of the, like, so far the adult stuff didn't um, be too much, although I thought the animations sometimes were a bit funny. Like, she's getting twirled around, and then it, like, part of it seemed when this before they kiss, it seemed a bit weird and stiff. <laughs> so, <laughs> just because, like, the rest of the game looks so good. Yes, yeah, some of the other animations aren't as great. Uh, but, yeah, my initial impressions are, I can't believe that the start of a game in a AAA JRPG is so much cutscene. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty heavy. And, yeah, like, I, you, like it's what you'd expect, but it was just like, ah, oh, of course. And then the tutorials, like, pop, like every three seconds. Um, I would say, yeah, my only thing was that the enemies seemed a little HP spongy and the fights went on a bit long. Um, oh, okay. Like, they just felt in like... In the initial demo or in the iconic challenge? In the initial one, I didn't really touch much of the iconic one oh, okay um, i played so in story I was like mode well it doesn't fast it doesn't um no i just played on the normal mode or whatever yeah. um because yeah. yeah he told me about those items and i was like wow they just sound like full-on cheat mode <laughs> like yeah. um but yeah the in the in the, what i was playing that, that um yeah the fights seemed like they kind of went on longer than initially needed to because it's like i wasn't even taking that much damage necessarily but it was just like ah. Oh, the stagger system, I think, because like that's one of when you use certain attacks. So it's like that probably. Yeah, it seems like it's going it. to be some. It's going to be important. I think that stagger. But yeah, I don't think it's not changed my opinion one way or the other. I think because I was, um, I'm mostly looking forward to seeing how the story develops. Actually, like what the bearers are and stuff. Because from the first trailer, I was very interested in the like him being like heck the crystals and I'm like yeah, because like my experience of Final Fantasy is sometimes more of a spin-offs, and I don't not as many games. I do it as much as I think, but like some of them do have like a someone sacrificing themselves for the sacred crystal thing. So it'd be, it's interesting, yeah, having this pro tag that's like to heck with all the <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I'm like that's what I want to see more of. Yeah, well, it's it's very it's again it's one of those Final Fantasy fourteen things where it's you know if you've played if you started off in like the first games the the crystals were always the good thing the thing that we the thing that was like protecting us from evil and we had to either save them or get them back or whatever. Like you had to, they were the, the keys to, to peace or whatever. And now they're, they're kind of flipping the script and, and it very much so like in final fantasy 14 where like the, the, the idolons or icons, like they're, they're the bad guys <laughs> in final <laughs> fantasy 14 where uh, again, they're, it'd be interesting to see if they have personalities in final fantasy 16 because it seems like mm-hmm. they're being controlled by the dominant, but obviously, like, well, you know, Ifrit, uh, we'll get into that later. But yeah. 
I think a free was when I thought it was like, oh, they must have personality, and then I'm like, oh, maybe they, like, no, that situation is different. It was just like a weird possession thing, but yeah, <laughs> initially, initially that's what made me think that they do because like Ifrit was really going to town on Phoenix. Like, yeah, <laughs> like Ifrit was having like, a bad day. I yeah. mean, I uh, how spoilery, like how spoilery can we get? Like, I think we, we, should, we can like, the demo. I think we can spoiler yeah, fully like, because it's only two hours long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I thought that that was really interesting because Joshua's voice came out right, like like his personality. He was Phoenix, right? He yeah. was talking as Phoenix. Uh, Ifrit didn't say anything. We didn't see Ifrit's in you know internal thoughts. And like, I'm I feel like we're gonna find out that Clive is uh, Ifrit's dominant. That like the fire dominant was actually passed along to him as well as uh, as Joshua, and that's well, why we weren't seen because he he's not like consciously controlling um, Ifrit, whereas Joshua was sort of consciously controlling uh, Phoenix. And I think there might be some sort of revelation down the line that like you know Clive sort of blames himself for for Joshua. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think dying. it would, but it's um it was very interesting because like yeah, a lot of everyone's impressions from like the other trend stuff was that we get fruit and then it seems like oh we kind of don't at least not until a bit later when we <laughs> yeah um yeah, so well, it, it's definitely changed my expectations of what's happening in the story so far yeah well I, and i think the iconic challenge is a bit of a red herring too because they give you uh phoenix titan and uh, garuda as your dominance that you can use the abilities for but yeah. clearly uh at that point in the story uh, Clive wouldn't have had Garuda because Benedicta had was mm-hmm. still in possession. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what what There's happens like, there. There is fine print when you load up that part of the demo that says like, oh, this is like a slice from later in the game, but you might also find in the final game that you like you don't have the same abilities or mm. uh, equipment yeah. or whatever. That's so, why like, we were. There's definitely a little bit going on there that they didn't want to you know show yeah. their cards too much. Um, and so we just got to see, I think, the uh, the icons that we are we're already familiar with, you know, rather than them throwing in Leviathan or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only one they haven't have they shown. <laughs> I think they've shown most of them, haven't they? Um, yeah, or at least clips of some. Like you can, yeah, definitely tell. But yeah, it's funny because you say Leviathan. There's no way there isn't one. But that's why I can't seem. I can't recall seeing a. Yeah, I don't. But hmm. like I'm. Um, yeah, not sure how many more they're going to have, but that's probably the only other one. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're interested in that because, like, you know, it's not what abilities you have, but, like, so, yeah, what's happened to Phoenix? Because, so, you know, are we, st- <laughs> are we still going to have our Phoenix blessing if if he's not around or not? So we won't I'm, know until we get the full. Yeah. I'm thinking that's it for Joshua. Like, I'm just, look, I'm sorry, they showed lots of corpses and I didn't see no charred burnt, like, you know, so... <laughs> And he's a feet and he's a phoenix, so like that's you know. Well, that's my only thing is I yeah. I think he's definitely dead yeah. at that point, but yeah. there's a possibility maybe he'll come back later. But yeah, almost certainly. Like they yeah. can't like this phoenix symbology is just too strong for him not to come back. Uh, yeah. to come back later. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Aiden? What's uh, what what were your initial impressions going yeah. through the demo? I mean, very good. Like in some, like in many ways, it just kind of blew my expectations out of the water. And it wasn't that I was going in with low expectations, but I was, you know, as a longtime fan who does, you know, really like and prefer the old sort of more traditional systems in the series, turn-based combat, stuff like that. I I was really kind of anxious about the idea of them going full, like action combat. Um, It's not that I don't like those games. I just beat you know, near Automata, I just beat God of War uh, 2018. I loved them, but that wasn't what I'd go to Final Fantasy for. Um, so it was a huge relief to me to get into the game and see that like, oh, like this combat is not just good. It's like, it's great. Like you can see the foundations in the first story, like the prologue stuff that you play through in the demo. And then the, the second combat focused portion of the demo expands on that. And you're like, okay, this is like, you know, they've done their homework, right? Mm-hmm. Um I'm working on a piece right now that's sort of like looking at it um, and this feature will be out next week, but it's looking at the ways that Final Fantasy, like from the very beginning of its creation, it was always interested in changing and redefining itself and exploring design space. Um, but I think when you make a, a change as big as what Final Fantasy 16 has done with its combat, like Square Enix called their shot. And like, if you're going to do that, you have to be best in class, right? You can't switch over to a full like 
action-based combat without being as good as Bayonetta or as well, good as Devil May Cry or whatever, right? Yeah, I was going to say, and, the combat director is someone from yeah. Devil May Cry 5. So, so. They, they went out and got him, and it, it pays off. It's like, okay, like, I'm not you know the the combat's just so good that it's like yeah okay this isn't my style of of combat that i personally want to see in a final fantasy but it fits within the game and it's executed so well and the possibility for like you know added complexity and customization and you know incorporating the player's style and approach to combat you know you can see how that can kind of blossom outward through these systems so it's like okay like if you're gonna call your shot like you gotta hit a home run and i feel like square has done that like i i have no concerns about the combat anymore at this point uh they use enough window dressing to still make it feel like final fantasy right you still get the little splash screen at the end with your experience and you get you know the little uh the little melody when you beat a boss and it's like yeah okay i think it's so sorry, but it's funny when you get the spoil screen and there's no spoils. Yeah, I had a few of those where it's like, here's here's what you've earned. And I'm like, uh, did it hang up? <laughs> yeah. um, so like that part of it, like that was my biggest like concern was like going in and, and you know, like and seeing like, does this work? Like other games and other series have made shifts in like genre or systems and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, but here I feel like, you know, I have no concerns at this point about the combat. Um, I trust Yoshi P and his team, like creative business unit three with stuff like story, um, graphics, art design, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like you've got something here that, you know, in a year with Diablo four with tears of the kingdom, like this could be right there as a game of the year contender, which is like, you know, those are some heavy hitters. Um, the story and stuff I was, I liked it all. I thought them like main core story about like, you know, looking at the divide and uh, you know, responsibility and how nobility puts pressure on, on kids was really interesting. Um, I always a sucker for, you know, like complex politically driven, you know, war stories and fantasy. Uh, and it does all of that really well. I don't really dig the, you know, game of Thrones of, jrpgs vibe i don't you know i didn't really like that and feel it was necessary for it to have you know all the swearing or you know like close-ups of people's throats being slit and blood gushing everywhere um i just you know blood splattered children like i just don't know that that's necessary for final fantasy to be able to like really achieve what it wants to achieve like final fantasy 14 has a mature complex interesting story that's you know about you know, like politically driven conflict and it doesn't have any of that. Um, and it's not that, you know, I'm not chased. I'm not, you know, like I, it doesn't bother me. Um, I, like I said, I just beat God of war, but what God of war does so well is it like examines, like it has that hyper violence, but it examines the cost of that hyper violence and that continued violence, how that changes Kratos, how that changes Atreus. Um, and so it's going to take a lot for me to, or a lot for Final Fantasy 16 to prove that like this Final Fantasy needed that, you know, that it needed like, you know, the, the, the gore and like, you know, I'm also playing Diablo four and, and, you know, Final Fantasy 16's violence and gore is, is nowhere close to that level. Um, but Final Fantasy has always been a series that's had like broad appeal across a lot of classes and a lot of different tastes and stuff like that and i know a lot of people were turned off by you know the violence in something like game of thrones and i, I do wonder if that's going to limit its uh potential audience growth a little bit um so i'm very curious to see how where that goes i'm not i don't think it's necessary i don't think that's what final fantasy needs to be there's so many games that are already that um that i feel like you know i'd like to see final fantasy sticking you know not even sticking. I still wanted to explore like more creative space and, and narrative space. Um, but sometimes in the demo for me, you know, when you have a soldier early on running through a battlefield and his rocks falling, and he's just like blasting out the F word over and over and over again. <laughs> um, or like, you know, that's flattering. <laughs> there's uh, you know, Benedicta and Hugo, like, you know, they get kind of raunchy in the hallway and I'm like, ah, this kind of feels like a 17 year old version of what they think like mature, storytelling is yeah. um and, and but like 
contrast that with the fact that I think that there were a lot of really interesting themes explored in the demo. Like, I think that the game does nail a lot of really kind of mature, interesting, complex ideas. And then I get taken out of it because it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, we want you to know this is like a grown up Final Fantasy. So, you know, here are two women getting their throats slit, you know, by soldiers. Um, And I I don't know, like, it was so much more interesting that like Joshua's mom chose to sell clive into slavery like that was really interesting that was really like that's really hard and like you know that's complex um the idea that she just let her two ladies maids have their throat slit like that didn't that made her feel cold but her what she did to to clive made her feel far far colder i didn't need to see her you know callously murder her her ladies maids or Mm. whatever they were I think the the blood stuff can be useful for knowing a character is for sure actually dead, like seeing their head roll off and stuff. Because there's there's a lot of times in games where it's like someone's been hit, but you're like, uh, but like, are they like, are they going to come back? Because you didn't show me them dead. Um, yeah, the more like like the relationship stuff, and so far like it hasn't been too bad because I know like some screenshots or whatever we've seen were like, ah, oh, I hope it hasn't gone to too much. Like, I think with the like the Benedictor and that, it was just kind of like, okay, they're in a relationship, so I know that. Um, and then with um, Clive's parents, it was actually kind of funny because we got to see his dad rejecting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going uh, to sleep. Yeah. That, that scene was, that was great. And that yeah. was, yeah, like that was a good example of using something like sex as like a storytelling device. And it told us something about those two, right? That, that was mm-hmm. a fabulous scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I again, I kind of echo uh, everyone in that the demo for me was incredible. Uh, I like I said, I didn't really have any expectations going in. Like I, I always enjoy Final Fantasies. I figured I, I'd enjoy this one, uh, but I, I wasn't expecting it to be this good. <laughs> like it, it really blew me away. I think one of the, the big ones for me was to just how much emotional, uh, attack, like how emotional they made so many of the scenes and and. Uh, like there's obviously like the the end with Efreet uh, and Phoenix, like just like you almost like like the the feeling of like dread or while you're watching it, and I was like, oh my god, this is going on for too long, and then it hit that point where it's like, okay, now it's like <laughs> now it's really hit me. So I guess they somebody somebody nailed the just how long this this beating had to take. Um, but then yeah, just the the like you said, with the mother, they just kind of nailed that whole villain vibe because I was like ready to, if my family wasn't asleep down the hall, I would have been like screaming at my TV, like kill her. Like I was just like, I was so, you get so mad at at the decision she was making and you could see it coming like the entire way with like how she was acting and stuff too. Mm. Um, But yeah, it just, just like like, the emotional moments just felt very powerful. Like I think we all have kids. Um, you know, when I was playing Final Fantasy 15 a, a year and a half ago or so, like I, it was fine if my kids walked in while I was playing it at any given time. Like, do you feel like that emotional payoff of like, you know, being that angry at, at Clive and Joshua's mom? I think her name was Annabella, something like that. Like, was that worth taking in? Like, you know, the fact that like, if your kids walk in at the wrong time when you're playing Final Fantasy 16, like you, you're going to have some, you know. Yeah. hard conversations <laughs> after that I, yeah. and I just like you know was that emotional payoff like you did you find that more than you've had with previous Final Fantasy games like is that well, I, I'm kind of with you I don't think we I didn't think it needed to be that that gory um and then I we don't really know how far uh kind of the mature content will go I guess uh, until we get into the real game but I almost wish they had because it was it's funny I was before the demo came out, I was actually thinking like my son's 12 now he's, you know, getting to the age where he might start enjoying these games. I was kind of looking forward to playing yeah. 16 with him because yeah. like the action combat would like, he, he might like kind of like, ah, I don't really care about the story. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's over my head, but it's he might've really got into the combat. And I'm like, well, at this point, like you can't play this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I, and I think like, that's what, Oh, go on. You know, go ahead, like Bayonetta 3 has the naive angel mode with the getting rid of the blood and even the cig- cigars and stuff like that. But there's this is like the cutscenes and stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I wish there was <laughs> something like that where it's like, like here's a mature version, like there's a mature version of the game, and then here's a parental control, I don't know, teen yeah. version of the game or something. With, like, 
I think for me, like I discovered Final Fantasy around the, the age that your son is now. I think I was 11 with Final Fantasy VI, which was like, you know, a kind of a gritty, mature game at the time, like a pretty dark game. But like the abstraction of the graphics, like the pixel art, like allowed me to sort of like engage with the violence as much as I was ma- like mature enough to, right? It, yeah. it, like if I wasn't ready for that, my brain wouldn't really take me there. Whereas there's like no avoiding it in Final Fantasy 16. And, you know, they talk about Yoshi P. I, I was working on a, a piece and, and we were able to ask him some questions. And he said like their main goal, their first baseline inspiration for this game was we want to reach more people than ever we want to reach a new audience with final fantasy um and they said and yoshi p has said in the past like you know a younger audience but then i look at that and i'm like well like how how is creating like a game like with the the sort of vibe of a, a like famously adult show game of thrones really gonna achieve that like you bring in the action combat to get a younger audience but like you know is going after the game of thrones like we're all in our 30s now we started watching game of thrones in our 20s we're all in our 30s and like you know we're the game of thrones audience i don't think zennials are exactly like big game of thrones fans are they like and i i just see a disconnect there in terms of like how you can have accessibility and build a younger audience with a story that's like going veering more towards sort of um you know m-rated or you know like adult specific content like game of thrones was 12 years ago is that do people still want that i never even watched it at the time because i just didn't have too much interest in it i'm thinking like that they're looking at games like uh, god of war or uh, the last of us like grand theft auto and thinking like yeah this is, you know, you, you can go with this mature and you're, you're going to get. The, and when he says young, I'm thinking like he's probably more talking about like 20s, like kid, yeah. you know, early 20s yeah. sort of thing. Like they they probably think like, oh, these people in the early 20s that didn't grow up on Final Fantasy because he had that huge gap between. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're under 30, then your only Final Fantasy might have been 15 <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah. And, and you've never played a turn based Final Fantasy potentially. Like yeah, if you're yeah. not like a you know, big JRPG fan or something like that. So maybe they're looking for the, for the, the action. Cause I, I, I mean, you hear it from publishers all the time where it's like, you know, pe- the, the new generation of, they, they want action. Like they're not interested in like the strategic combat. Like that's, you know, yeah. the, the triangle strategies and the, uh, Octopath travelers are, are more geared for, you know, late thirties, early forties kind of crowd, I think. And this is, uh, this the, the action RPG stuff I think is really leaning towards that twenty early twenty and then even like television now when you look at like HBO shows I know like even if you know Game of Thrones or whatever you you just look at any other HBO show and they're usually pretty crude pretty vulgar like you know I, I'm with Paige I kind of swear all the time too so yeah. I hear it in the game and it doesn't affect yeah, and me I, any, like I, the blood is definitely like oh this is. This isn't really Final Fantasy. I don't mind any of that, like in games or movies or or fiction. It's just it just feels like a weird fit to me with Final Fantasy. Like to me, Final Fantasy has always been like a gateway, like super accessible version of like high fantasy or science fantasy or like epic fantasy. Um, And so like to me, that just creates this layer where like, you know, my kids are growing up and I've been having a ton of fun, like, you know, introducing them to game series that I love. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess like you know, maybe in my, my eldest is eight. So maybe in eight years, I'll feel comfortable watching, you know, like, but, but even then, like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. It it just feels like it's less accessible to me. They're chasing like, you know, one audience while closing the door on, on a whole younger generation. Um, uh, You'll have to expose them to Legend of Heroes instead. I think Well, yeah, I've been (laughs) playing through Trails in Sky right now. So there Um, you go. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe kids like this. Maybe this is what teenagers are are into. Maybe they love Last of Us. The main purposes of games and stuff are people in their 20s. So I don't really think, you know, I don't think they think about whether people are playing this with kids in the house or anything, really. Like, if I don't even know how many of the deaf people necessarily have kids, but like, I I think yeah, this mean the audience is adults. Like, that's what they made the story for. Um, but like, so but they specifically said they're 
like they've specifically said that their goal is to reach a younger audience, right? Yeah, like, younger than 40-year-olds. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, so, okay, th- then they're going after 22-year-olds, you know, who are out of university. They have money because they're working their first jobs or not yep. in this economy. Yeah. Uh, but like they, <laughs> were, not ten, they were 10 when Game of Thrones came out, right? Like, and then like by the time they probably noticed it, everybody hated Game of Thrones because the last few seasons were such a, you know, were so panned. Like, I, I just, it's just weird to me. It's weird to be going after kids or younger people, quote unquote, um, a younger audience, a new audience, but like leaning yeah. on a, a property that I feel, you know. It's not that far off of like The the Witcher on Netflix, though. Like the Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Which had fair. plenty of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like the game yeah. itself. I yeah. remember um I was like twelve or something and my dad was showing me like Witcher Two and it was like, Well look at this, when you cut at the head, the head actually comes off. Wow. Like it was impressed <laughs> that like the game actually did that instead of just sort of, you know. Um so I guess it depends on your parents as <laughs> oh, well. Well, I mean, I I grew up on Doom, like I was playing Doom and Mortal Kombat and all that kind of stuff as a kid. So like, you know, I, but it was all again, like there's a layer layer of abstraction. And I think like the closer we get to like photorealism and hyperrealism, the more you have to like understand like how that breaks down the players like uh active participation in creating the game world and the game experience which i think has been so important to final fantasy uh but maybe that's just gone with the mainline games right maybe it is just Mm. veering that way and and like you know now square enix gives us octopath traveler and triangle Hmm. strategy and bravely default and all those other games and and those fill that niche maybe that final fantasy used to right for people um, but like I said, I was comparing it to say the Castlevania Netflix series where it felt like it was trying very hard to be yes. adult and not yeah. very, like, it was very sweary and yeah. just all as much as they could. Yeah. Whereas I said, most of the time, again, it would flow past, like I didn't really notice it, which means it wasn't really like out of place to me. Like people were swearing when they might actually swear and not just to be <laughs> <laughs> silly. And then, like, yeah, there was a lot, I think, in, like, the end of that series, they had a lot of um, adult scenes, some of which were relevant to the, mm-hmm. quite relevant to the plot, but they interspliced it with the climatic action segment, so I couldn't even skip past it, <laughs> which had me really annoyed. Oh, that's, that's clever. Um, <laughs> like, it was, like, kept cutting between, like, you know, there's this guy's having a fight, this other thing's going on with these people, this fight, it's like, I couldn't go, <laughs> just skip it a bit, because, um, like, like, yeah. Um, generally, I don't really like having that stuff in media, but in that it was technically relevant to the story in that case because, like, um, something was happening in that scene that, that that would have had to happen then. Meanwhile, an entire character's arc in that show seemed like completely pointless, and like he, he didn't need to be doing that at all. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it's like they just it um, felt like in that they were forcing it in a bit more than it mm-hmm. needed to be. Whereas, yeah, I think for this it's fine. Um, so long as the story is good. The story yeah. needs to be really good because yeah. they said that the, the story emphasis is really big. So it's got to be because so many games, people say, oh, this is a good story. And then I play it. I'm like, I mean, it's a good story, but it's not a great story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if this is it, like. I was actually relieved by how much I liked the story. I think they like, they leaned so hard in like early marketing towards like the idea that this is like an action game that like and then they brought on the devil may cry guy and everybody's like oh is this just gonna be like a devil may cry game like you know there's levels you could see a map with levels and you know they announced like a high score feature and stuff like that and you're like oh is this like are we just going full-on like character action game and so i was kind of like i was surprised by as i think Paige you were saying earlier like you play the demo and there's a lot of story like there's a lot of cutscenes. there's a lot of talking there's a lot of instances where you're just like observing just like you know a japanese rpg or any rpg and so i was was relieved by how much potential i think the story has now because i didn't know what to expect you know um i you know final fantasy 15 had like its actual story segments was very short comparatively to gather games in the genre like other rpgs so i was like oh is there just going to sort of be window dressing it's going to push you from you know one note on the map to the next um but it seems like there's you know some pretty pretty significant and substantial like narrative structure that's been set up early on. Yeah. I think the, I think the whole, the, the somatic scenes will calm down as the game goes on. Like I think it, it was heavy for the demo because I think they're just trying to make a big 
first impression knowing that you know the first two hours is, is what we're going to release in the demo so let's like really put, put our best foot forward sort of thing and uh you know lean into it i think as you get further into the game there there's going to be more opportunities for like just exploration like you can just see from the map it's going to be massive so it's i think there's going to be a lot of like walking around and talking and stuff so i think it'll balance out as the game w- goes on i wonder how many people are going to buy it thinking it's like a in you know like an action game like god of war 2018 and like maybe be turned off by how much story <laughs> like, there is. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see um i, I want to talk a little bit about um the big cinematic, the the big climatic scene with the icons. But to segue into that first, I have to mention um, how incredible the music is, because yeah. uh, this was something that stood out for me when I played Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, and uh, you know they're using the same composer um, uh, Masayoshi Soken. I hope I pronounced that right. And um, I, I was I couldn't believe how great it was. Like I had I was wearing um, headsets because uh, I didn't didn't uh, as soon as the uh, some of the the word you know voice acting was coming out and i was seeing how mature it was i'm like well i better throw the head headphones on and uh just being immersed in all of like not only how great the music was but even just like the sound design and and in that big scene at the end um just just like how uh how like the music just made it feel like this was like this larger than life moment but with the with these battles between the two things like the music was just incredible and i'm so looking forward to hearing the rest of the the soundtrack yeah i i do miss like you know the older games like uematsu style with like very like melody driven like hummable music uh mm-hmm. but i feel like the work that soken's done in the final fantasy series like with 14 and now 15 I, it's just like it's unreal it's so like it's so so good i remember like trying to convince my dad back in the day like he he liked video games but he'd always laugh because we'd always talk about our favorite like rpg songs or whatever me and my brothers and my friends and he'd laugh because they'd be chip tunes and he to him they just sound like beeps and boops and i was like no like this is serious music dad but like now like <laughs> being able to show him something like you know the music in final fantasy 15 like this just like legit world-class like top tier oh like soundscapes like it just it adds so much to the experience and it's like so masterfully done that you you just sink into it and it just like fills you even if you you know i couldn't hum a melody from from uh from that game but like it fills you with like every emotion that you need to go along with and um, it still feels familiar too because they they work in like classic yeah a lot of yeah a lot of light motifs like from the final fantasy um series throughout that like makes it feel like you know taking you through that kind of emotional uh journey with the the series plus now they can afford like the whole the orchestras and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> they've got the technology and the budget yeah. Well, yeah. that's why i always laugh because i i uh work in an office and i always uh, turn on uh video game music and so my coworkers will walk in and I'm like you're a classical music fan i'm like damn straight uh, actually, i am actually <laughs> um the classical radio station in australia has like a request hour so a lot of people request game music Oh, that's fantastic. That's that. awesome. Yeah. 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 It's so good. And I think like Soken is becoming just like the guy. I like, I feel like he's, he's setting himself apart as like one of the like iconic composers of this generation, um, which is, which is great. I mean, Square Enix and Final Fantasy have had a, had fed a ton of them over the years, but he's, uh, what he's do- doing here and what he's done in Final Fantasy 14 is just unreal. So good. I'm glad Why? that he's been able to um, work. Well. Yeah, because he was he was sick um, for a little bit, so um, yeah, that, cancer. Yeah, mm. hope hope he's uh, healthy. All these composers, man, they you know, they always have these stories of uh, working yeah. themselves into. <laughs> yeah, yeah like he was he was working yeah. on like the Anorka soundtrack, and he's like in hospital and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, he's, they're also young. Like he's only forty eight. You know, which is like, you know, not that much older than me. And, you know, he's one of those guys, he's been with Square Enix since 2001. Like he's been there for 22 years, but even though it like all of a sudden is like, he just seems to have appeared from nowhere, but he would have been Mm. how old and like in his mid twenties when he started there. I think he uh, did one of the Drakengard games and those were like forever ago. So uh, yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. I think it's like for some of these people, you know, their music or whatever else they're working on is their life. So when they're sick, it's like stopping is not really, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get them to stop because you're like, oh, you need to rest. But it's also like 
probably what helps them keep going is to yeah, keep yeah, working yeah, on their yeah. life's work, you know. Producing passion. art can be cathartic and yeah. yeah. Well, I think we should end with a little bit of a discussion on the uh, the big the big finale of the initial scene or the initial I, I demo. I messed up. I thought you were supposed to break the fireball when you had the like four second countdown. Oh, <laughs> so I failed. Thankfully, there's a checkpoint pretty close to it. But <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll start with um, so when so we we get to the point where. Um, Joshua is about to be slaughtered by a, an emp- empirical soldier, I guess. They were, that's the way it seemed anyway. I don't know if they were really there to capture him or to kill him. But anyway, the soldier gets close and uh, Joshua turns into the phoenix. And uh, that's when Clive looks up and sees a figure that says something. And I don't know what you guys thought he said, but I, I thought this figure said, I found you. That's what, the, from my lip reading, I thought that's what he said. I found you. And then that's when Efreet uh, appears. Yeah, I think it was something like that, you know, the figure. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll find out. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what this figure ends up being. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you were saying, Aiden, I think uh, it's, it felt like Clive was in Efreet, mm-hmm. uh, was talking to Efreet. <laughs> yeah. Well, and but, I don't think we saw had Ifrit no Clive. control. At the yeah. same time, right? Like they were never in a shot together. We heard no. we heard Clive's voiceover telling Afrit to stop, but I don't think we actually saw them like physically. Uh, he was mm. just found in the the ruins, the rubble afterwards. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm curious. To see and I think it was there. clever for uh, Square to have us control uh, the Phoenix yeah. in that fight. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it it felt more like the feeling of helplessness, like. Mm-hmm. Even when I was like attacking a freed, and they're like, "You defeated a freed," and I'm like, mm, because, "Yeah, he was like, I'm I need pretty to help sure this isn't going to go well." Yeah, yeah, he's completely not in control. <laughs> yeah, I had so no idea what was going you're on. Controlling that um, Phoenix instead. Yeah, but yeah, yeah um, I, <laughs> I don't know about that statue. Like I said, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's got you. It's got you second guessing now that you know what happened. Maybe. Well, who knows? Maybe you don't know what happens in the rest exactly. of the game. Maybe yeah, yeah it just yeah, it's pull a over. logo too, right? Like the Ifrit yeah. and Phoenix are the logo, um, which is interesting. Like you, you think there might be some reconciliation there at some point? Maybe yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, the uh, and then the whole fight itself, oh, like it, it was one of these. To me, Final Fantasy has always been like the at the cutting edge of, of like whatever system it's on. Like it's always been like, if you want to see the best of what a system can do, mm-hmm. just buy whatever final fantasy game came out on that system. And I feel like this is like, okay, we're really going to show you what the PS five can do here. Mm-hmm. And that fight was like just everything that was going on with the music, with the visual effects, uh, with just the scope with like, just, like the icons bouncing all around or free running down what like my mind was blown during that whole time yeah the seamlessness of it all was um was really impressive as well it like brought me back to final fantasy 7 like the first time you had a um you had a you know like a cinematic that like just like went right into gameplay or vice versa or you're running around over top of one of the um the fmvs as cloud like the seamlessness of how you like had what seemed like you know in even last generation would have been like a pre-rendered cutscene. Uh, like a video file plane and then all of a sudden you're just in control of these two icons like that was pretty impressive i i was not before playing the demo i didn't care about those icon battles i was like ah that just seems sort of like you know like glorified quick time event cutscenes. like I, I don't know but like the spectacle of it like you were saying uh is just so high and like polished and impressive that like yeah it's like i didn't really know what i was doing when i was playing phoenix i was like mm. you know it felt like a weird panzer dragoon yeah like rip off Mash that button shoot but, him, yeah shoot him. <laughs> but like it just looked so good <laughs> you know it was yeah. it was choreographed so well um i there were i wasn't i was surprised that i wasn't more sort of like impressed by graphics throughout the demo i felt like i was you know i, I just played the demon souls remake a couple months ago and i felt like it surprised me and impressed me more than than final fantasy 16 did i thought final fantasy 16 like i thought the environments i thought the lighting i thought all of that would be like you know i don't know maybe my expectations were too high but the icon it is still early 
I think when we get to one of those cities with the crystal mountains, sure, yeah, that's gonna be like the yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. the open jaw moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I I've seen somebody compare shots of like Final Fantasy VII remake to um to Final Fantasy sixteen, and like obviously like the actual fidelity of the graphics is is higher. Um, but there was like you, you know there was a lot of there was a lot of clutter. There was a lot of like objects in the environment. There was a lot of like it, it just. There's something that felt a little, maybe it was just a castle environment, just felt a little, um, little sterile to me. I don't know. I was, but, the, um... but anyway, my point is, is like once you get into those combat situations, like that's where the game really sings. The animations mm-hmm. are so good. The like just the use of particle effects and lighting and combat and the icon battles were just like it was just impressive stuff. It, it just looked so good. And like that's when it felt next gen to me when I was in combat or when I was fighting. Uh, Ifrit near the end it was i was like okay this is why you know they talked in in the like the pre-release marketing so much about like this game had to be on ps5 it couldn't be cross-platform um and the seamlessness like the lack of load times and then the the spectacle of those battles i think kind of proved that this is like you know this had to be done this way um with a focus on one platform so that they could really lean into like leveraging every bit of technology that's in that platform mm-hmm. i thought the hedge trimming was funny in the castle when they're using like magic to trim the edges. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Using um, the slaves too, right? The bearers. Yeah. yeah. I um also thought the I wish the goblins were less ugly. Oh my god, they're so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty ugly. Uh, yeah, um I hope that those icon fights are interesting because I reckon there'll be a few and when it comes to games randomly changing up the gameplay for mandatory segments, sometimes that can be not very fun when you have yeah. to try and get through it. So, well, I'm pretty sure the uh, the one one I remember is like a freak running up like the arm of Alexander or something like that. Yeah. Like there was a pretty wild looking one. There's uh, one I remember Freed or Titan or somebody like dragging Garuda through the ground, like you know slamming yeah. her head into the ground and dragging her. Apparently, like they they will all sort of take on different you know like different styles of gameplay as well one is sort of like styled after a wrestling match one is like this phoenix and ifrit one was like you know panzer dragoon like a rail shooter yeah. um so i'll be interested to see how that gameplay changes each time you kind of encounter or control a new icon i think you know i think each one will have its own style of of gameplay and and i think that's what will be needed to kind of shake it up and, and keep it feeling fresh um well, it'll be interesting too. I I've heard uh, some rumblings about Afrit turning into Diablos by the end of the game, because he's the dark uh, icon of fire. That's interesting. Yeah, so, like sort of the opposite of Phoenix. Yeah. So all of a sudden you've yeah, yeah exactly like yeah, you're yeah. you'll have like so Afrit will like grow the wings and all of a sudden yeah, yeah, like yeah. whether they name them I do I don't sure, know if sure. he'll be renamed or whatever but yeah. I, I feel like there might be this like devil. Uh, I mean, like you even have like Joshua see. with his blonde hair and and Clive with his his dark hair, right? Yeah. So like that symbology, like not that that's a very healthy way of defining you know good <laughs> and bad, but that is sort of like you know pretty obvious uh, use of you know visual differences between the two brothers uh, that might kind of lead into that that idea. Yeah, we already went into it, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, like how much personality there is of the yeah the icons because I, I said before it, it seems like Efreet had something against. <laughs> Ifrit, yeah, Ifrit had a personal vendetta or beef yeah. with Phoenix for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. It, yeah. Well, like Clive had everything taken from him, right? Like yeah. Joshua became the dominant, and like you, we all saw how his mom treated Clive after that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like that, you know, that would fuel uh, that sort of like you know that vengeance that that Ifrit was uh, was showing. I, I going back to the Ifrit and the, the Phoenix fight, like was that not the Gandalf and balrog fight from lord of the rings like yeah. the, the, the whole visual of yeah. like it opens with that fight and they're like plummeting it looks like they're plummeting on the pit they're fighting and then it, it goes it even goes to the wide shot where they like fall into the large cavern and they're just slowly falling i was like this is like is this intentionally lord of the rings you know i'm not too big on the game of thrones uh references and the the you know taking that style but like give me a give me a lord of the rings uh inspired final fantasy and i'm i'm all over it yeah no yeah i agree i i actually saw somebody like mix in the the footage 
um, together. <laughs> so, so there, it was like Shoy kind of mixing it up on yeah, yeah. on this like oh, Twitter video. Oh, so that's it was perfect. Kind of funny. I'll have to yeah. I'll have to go find that. That's perfect. I yeah. couldn't believe it when I watched it. I was like, this is so on the nose. It has to be intentional. Yeah. Um, but, uh, because like, you know, earlier I was complaining about 22 year old kids not caring about Game of Thrones, but they definitely care about, uh, 21 year old, uh, fantasy movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not to defend his mother, but I, I can't imagine going through pregnancy and childbirth in like medieval type times. And then you, your kid doesn't inherit the <laughs> thing he's supposed <laughs> yeah. to. So you have to go for a second. I'm. It'd like be that, curious. That's if, probably that experience of just like the ch- making making a child is probably bad enough that that's <laughs> she's so mad. Maybe we'll find out that's not really his birth mother. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> That'd be wild. Find out his real birth mother like died and at during childbirth or something, and uh, and the and the Duke remarried, and Joshua was her kid or something, and that's where the. I don't know. I really do like, I feel like this cast is going to reveal itself over time. Like, I feel like there's enough depth to the characters as we've seen them so far that like, we will get to know them at that level. Like whether or not she, you know, turns out to be his mother or, you know, isn't or or any of that. Like, I feel like there's that opportunity and the game is going to do that. It's going to dive into like, you know, not just Clive, but also who are these other people? Why are they the way that they are? And and how do, you know, how do their choices and their conflicts impact what's going on um i think that the world is rich enough in that way and and i think like the final fantasy 14 story it does such a good job of integrating the stories and the lives of um of its secondary characters just by nature of not having an active protagonist right like the hero of light and 14 like it's you but like you're kind of an avatar for you know this larger group of people and i hope that they can bring that forward and and create a a story that's kind of carried on the backs of lots of characters rather than just uh just one Mm -hmm. well we're getting getting pretty long now probably a good time to wrap things up but uh, did uh, anyone have any final thoughts uh, that they wanted to add in before we wrap it up I just want to go to sleep until next Thursday. I, I just want to wake up. Yeah. And- no, you got, you got yeah. to be careful. You're going I, to be uh... like um, Cartman <laughs> freezing himself with the game console, then going so far in the future that uh... you can't use the console. Yeah. Oh, yes. already- yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm already dreading. Uh, so I pre-ordered the, ga- the, the physical copy of the game, and it's coming in the mail, and I'm, uh... I'm going to lose it if it doesn't come yeah, the, yeah, the right yeah. day. Uh, Actually, yeah. Uh, 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 I wasn't thinking to, so what? So I had it. Um, it's being delivered to my work because I figured that's where I'll be at, like during the day when they deliver it. Yeah. And then I took the day off, and now it hit me the other day. It's like I'm not gonna be at work to pick the damn uh, game up. No. <laughs> so, so now I gotta have to go. I had I have to get a co. I had to slip a coworker a few bucks to let me know yeah, when yeah. it arrives so I could zoom in and zoom out. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I always go and pick up, like if, if it's a game like Final Fantasy or Zelda, I always just go out I'll, like the Best Buy in my town lets me do like pickup, right? In-store pickup. So I can put in an order before the store opens, they'll grab one off the shelf. And then, it, you know, as soon right. as it opens, I can go pick it up. And that way I know I, I you know, I know I have it. I know, um, it's not going to be sold out. I know I'm going to get it release date because I, I, I couldn't do store. it. I couldn't sit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went the Best Buy route because I wanted the steel book. I got the uh, uh, yes. not not the full full on uh, collector's edition like uh, <laughs> pages getting with the statue. I got like yeah. the I got the one that just has the map and a steel book. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I'm we excited. Have to clean uh, up the dining so, table. Yeah. yeah. My, my so idea. That's for a centerpiece for, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, where's that going? <laughs> Miller dining table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, someone Certainly. needs to take the space tools off of it. <laughs> Either either that or um, you could build like some kind of like tower on top of your house so that uh, <laughs> the statue is like like just you know looms over the entire home and everyone uh, that drives by can be like this this house is dot you know this is a Final Fantasy house yeah you, should, you could mount it to your dashboard in your car you know like yeah like the car like, hula, whatever those are called they get stolen yeah. <laughs> no yeah definitely wouldn't get stolen. Yeah, <laughs> glue it, glue it to your hood, so that it's yeah, like uh, the, uh, that's the word. Yeah. yeah, it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm so excited for it. I like after playing the demo, I I was always excited for it, and I you know I had the mind to go in like it might not be the Final Fantasy that is made specifically for me, but I'm one of 
10 million people that's going to buy this game right um i'm even more excited after this demo and i've been working on a few you know pieces features and op-eds just like driven by the experience of like playing this game that i just think is going to be really interesting to talk about um over the next little bit um Mm -hmm. from you know combat being such an interesting kind of driver of like you know clips online like i think we're going to see a flood of cool combat clips from you know just all over social media but also the way that it integrates like story elements and like stuff like active time lore being uh, like a fabulous addition to the story um and the game like i was worried that like oh they had to put in this active time lore you know the the team was saying like oh even people on the development team can follow the story so we created this feature and like that's what pulled down final fantasy 13 is like it only told half its story and you had to go into the encyclopedias in-game encyclopedias to know what was going on but like then you play the demo and it's like oh no this is telling a really compelling story you have everything you need just in the main narrative but active time lore just like adds on top of that it can be a little refresher if you've been away from the game for a little while or you want to know a little bit more about the context surrounding these it's a layer on top of an already well-told story and i think that's going to drive a lot of interesting conversation going forward about how you know games can tell stories in a way that's like deep and rich uh you know but also accessible for for a larger audience because that's such a clear goal with final fantasy 16 so mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's going to be cool i hope i hope we're talking about it for a long time i hope it doesn't get lost um on a, you know under all the other big releases coming out uh mm-hmm. right now i'm looking forward to the soon legend uh slow-mo action <laughs> ridiculous combos i'm sure there'll be plenty oh yes yeah well uh i, I think we'll wrap this one up by mentioning that it's father's day uh in a few days and uh, final fantasy 16 comes out in a week so what what better way uh to kill two birds with one stone than picking up uh, your book eden uh, fight magic items yes uh, i i can confirm as a father and as somebody who has read fight magic items many times that it makes a fabulous father's day gift <laughs> yeah there's... anybody uh you know i think uh I think it's a book and I wrote it in a way that, um, you know, it's for people who, who enjoy video games and story, enjoy stories about people who create and who play. It's a story about the people behind the games. And so, you know, if you're listening to an RPG podcast, you probably already like the genre. I think you'll find a lot to like there. But if you know somebody that just, you know, like is into video games and, you know, maybe played a Final Fantasy back in the day, uh, it's also chock full of of stories that are just about creativity and passion and drive and, uh, you know, artistic uh, pursuit. And I think that it, you know, I hope a lot of people like it. And I think a lot of people uh, have been enjoying it uh, for that mm-hmm. reason. So, yes, buy a copy for your dad. Uh, buy several copies for your dad. <laughs> Uh, for Father's Day, he'll uh, he'll love it, and if he doesn't, he'll give it to a friend who will love it. Yeah. I never tire of hearing about uh, Sakaguchi stories. So, oh man, he's like he's just full of uh, he's full of quotes, and the people around him are <laughs> hilarious because the way that they talk about him with like mad reverence, but also a little bit of fear. It's like okay, yeah, like this guy's yeah. a, this guy's a character. Could you could write a whole book just about Sakaguchi? Well, I've been uh, loving uh, lately, fabulous. like with the whole Pixel Remaster stuff, like they're, they've all been back together, right? So you got like Sakaguchi yeah. and Uimatsu and Shibuya. They're all like tweeting and stuff and yeah. they're having fun together. So it's, yeah, yeah. and then and uh, Sakaguchi it, had his Final Fantasy 14 yeah. run there. So, <laughs> which was amazing, like him recreating like, you know, scenes from his old Final Fantasy games in 14. Yeah. And just to see that sort of love for, for what he's created and what it's become is like, you know, there's so many people I think that want to debate what makes Final Fantasy a Final Fantasy game a Final Fantasy and like, you know, can it be a Final Fantasy game if it's changed as much as it has? But like Sakaguchi wanted it to change. And he, you know, if he can sit there and enjoy an MMORPG that's like a mainline Final Fantasy game, you know, like what does that tell you about the series? It tells you that it can be anything. You know, it tells you that's you know, like it can embrace change and evolution and explore new areas and and still, you know, still be just as an important part of the the overall series as as anything else and i'm excited to see how 16 kind of expands on that um and then where the series goes in the future right like the next game is going to be different again it's not going to be final fantasy 16 2 i mean it might be but like you know you know like it's going to go somewhere else um and that's exciting and then like that's what 
Final Fantasy 16 or Final Fantasy has always been about. Yeah, as long as uh, I'm I'm still in my 40s by the time the next one comes out. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's my only my hope I and hope pray. So yeah, that <laughs> that Final Fantasy 13 and 15 gap yeah. was, uh, oh, that was, was that was that was, rough. was brutal. <laughs> At least we got rebirth. Even yeah. even when we're done with the uh, yeah. 16 will yes. will have rebirth to look forward yeah. to. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, I was writing a piece about Final Fantasy 16. Uh, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, it looks like we're finally going to have a, like a mainline Final Fantasy game with a good f- story for the first time since 12. And I was like, oh, yeah, how long ago did 12 come out? I Google it and I was like, 2006 or 2005. Like, it really yeah. has been a long time since we've had a, fu- a mainline Final Fantasy game that like, you, you know, you're really compelled to to find out more in the story that's not broken because it you know you have to go deep dive into in-game encyclopedias or it just wasn't given to you because the game was just you know rushed after 10 years of of development and so like you know that's a long time to wait that's like you know what 15 years since you know we've really had like a really truly good final fantasy story in a mainline game It's, it's exciting and Paige, uh, any upcoming uh, videos or pieces uh, that you'd like to plug? Nope. Nope. You're, Just playing I, Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> I've been having fun watching uh, on the Twitter. Yeah, I've been following the tweets. Uh, uh, a lot of funny Zelda stuff. Uh, it'd be f- interesting to see. I think all Twitter's going to be soon is just uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy sixteen videos. Uh, for the next for the next few months, at least, I would imagine. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom videos make me feel so dumb. Like people making <laughs> like you know, it, it won't be long before people are making computers in that game, right? You know how people will make computers in Minecraft, like working computers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and somebody's gonna make a computer in Tears of the Kingdom. Meanwhile, I'm in a shrine, like trying to figure <laughs> out how to stick two sticks together, and that's yeah. like. Uh, and I imagine, yeah, 16, there's going to be some pretty, pretty crazy combo, uh, combat stuff, uh, which will be fun. I'm here yeah. for it. And I'll be still trying to figure out how to use the photo mode in, in 16. Yeah, I, photo. I couldn't yeah. believe how, how much detail was in that photo mode. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I, you know, I like photo mode a lot. I use a lot in Demon Souls. I use a lot in Horizon, God of War and stuff, but, uh. I don't know. I like. I found that one la- was actually lacking in some features that I was. I was kind of hoping for that. Oh, uh, that could well, kind of we'll take it over the edge. Maybe they'll but, update it. Yeah, yeah. Just the ability to like remove NPCs, uh, stuff like that. You can that. remove like, Clive. More, you can remove <laughs> Clive. The funniest part is like at one point you control Joshua for about two minutes oh, uh, right. late in the demo, and if you go into photo mode, it's still like a Clive button. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> they didn't change it for joshua uh but yeah like you know i could see there i I hope there's a more even more robust photo mode um coming uh down the line i know some games like um demon souls as well would like if even if you were playing in performance mode if you go into photo mode it would kick it into like the graphics mode so you'd get like higher resolution you'd get um more like post-processing effects and stuff like that uh because like final fantasy 16 is beautiful and and people will be taking a lot of great shots with it hopefully yeah for sure perfect well i guess uh we'll wrap it up here i hope uh, everyone enjoyed the demo as much as we did and uh, we'll we're looking forward to i'm sure uh numerous episodes uh, <laughs> on the game as it comes out we get to play some more uh, i'm sure we'll have another zelda episode uh, upcoming as well uh in the near future so i want to thank everyone for listening and uh, we'll see everyone out uh, at the next uh, Thirsty Mage. Bye for now. Bye.